Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Dolly. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Dolly. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. 801 on a Friday. Happy Friday, everybody. Halford Bruff, Sportsnet 650. Halford Bruff of the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Accurate Dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Accurate Dealer today. We are in hour three of the program. I believe Rick Dollywall is going to join us next. That's what the music suggests. Anyway. Trying a bachelor, free? actually. <laughs> Turning off. Hour three of this program is brought to you by Campbell and Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell and Pound. Visit them on the interweb at campbell-pound.com today. We are coming to you live from the Kintech studio, Kintech Canada's favorite orthotics provider, powered by thousands of five-star Google reviews. Sore feet, what are you waiting for? Kintech. Let's go to the phone lines now. Rick Dollywall joins us on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. What up, Dolly? Uh, good stuff, uh, guys. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Here we are. Happy, Brand New Year. Happy New Year to you as well. Not a happy New Year for Andre Kuzmenko, though, Rick. No. No. I, I'm going to tell you something right now. That's uh, the fifth time this season in the last well, 18 games as well. He was scratched in St. Louis. Something's got to give here, guys. Clearly, he has lost the trust of Tockett. The trade deadline's coming up. There are teams still that are poking around Kuzmenko. Um, but how do you move a guy making $5.5 million with zero confidence? He's got a 12-team no trade. Not everyone on the Canucks was doing cartwheels when he went to Bally in the offseason. But I don't think that's got anything to do with going from 39 goals last year to where he is today. Nobody saw this. We all saw possibly his goal totals going down with uh you know going down but with Tockett, he doesn't care about goals uh, back check four check play without the puck no floating around in the offensive zone all important things to him so my question to you guys is wh- wh- where do we go from here kuzmenko's agent dan milstein has held countless meetings with the canucks the last few weeks about kuzmenko milstein wants it to work out in vancouver in a real bad way now, Milstein turned his phone off last night. I think he may need some quiet time <laughs> to figure this out, you know, some soul-searching. Uh, I'm sure he was on the phone with the Canucks last night and more talks today. I, I'm pretty sure of that. There's always a pressure point, guys. You can try to make things work, but there's always a pressure point in every situation, and sometimes both sides will just say, you know, let's agree to to move on because it's not repairable. And I don't see how this is going to get any better if Kuzmenko is not going to play the way the Tockett wants him to play. Yeah, that's where I'm at too. It's it's like he's had time to get the message. <laughs> it's not numerous times. It's not like a super complicated message either. Like it's no. like forecheck, backcheck, do those things. And if Tockett still sees that. It's not happening, or that even, or maybe it could be that Kuzmenko is trying to do those things and he's just not effective at doing them. He doesn't know how to do them, or he's just not, I don't know, willing to do them to the point that Tockett wants. Um, but, you know, I, I guess my question for you is have you heard of any specific teams that are interested in Kuzmenko, or is it just I've heard that teams are interested in him? 
No, there are teams. There were teams back east. Uh, I think Washington was looking around, poking around, but they couldn't make it work financially. You got to remember, it's a five point five million dollar, uh, you know, cap hit that you're asking another team to take on. And there's another team, I think, in the Western Conference poking around. There, there's intrigue there. This guy scored thirty nine goals last year, right? Yeah, I want to get back to the player coach relationship. I. With Tockett, there's no gray area. He lets you know it through the press, and he lets you know in one-on-one meetings. During that road, gate, road trip in Dallas, uh, Tockett and Kuzmenko, uh, they had a, a, a kind of like a, a, you know, a meeting that kind of trying to clear the air. And so they had that meeting, and, and I, I knew about it at the time. And, you know, and there was a lot of positivity around after that meeting on that road trip that these guys are going to figure it out. I, the, when the coach has given you clarity, there are relationships between a coach and a player that go south and the, and the coach just won't talk to the player anymore. That's not the case here. This guy's telling you every day, uh, talk it, what he expects from his forward group. And it's just not Kuzmenko. Hoaglander's been in the doghouse. Joshua's been in the doghouse. They work their way out. And when a coach gives you clarity and tells you exactly what you're doing wrong, I, you can't really blame the coach in this situation. And if you go back to last year, Boudreaux healthy scratched Kuzmenko in, in Buffalo. Uh, he did that as well. So this is the second coach that's kind of been on him about his play without the puck. The goal scoring is not the issue. He's talented. He scored 39 goals last year. He's got eight in limited uh, ice this year. Um, but it, it, I just think that when you look at the coach-player relationship, I think that the coach has done everything in his power to to tell the player through meetings, through video work. Um, you know, just he talks to the media every day and makes it very clear on what he expects. Uh, so I think the onus is really on the player right now to to figure it out and to understand what the coach wants him to do and do it. Do you think the Canucks will make a big trade or two before the trade deadline? Like, if you had to make odds on them making a sizable trade, like a significant trade where you go like, wow, that's that's significant, what odds would you put on it? Oh, talk to me after the seven-game road trip. No, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> that, <laughs> that things change so weekly to weekly. But, uh, yes, they're out there. They're, they're, they're navigating the... You know, we know they're after, you know, guys like Chris Tanev. We we know that they're poking around. You know, Donnie and I talked about Jake Gensel. Rutherford signed him to a five-year, $30 million deal five years ago. And we know this regime loves Pittsburgh Penguins, and they also like Milstein clients. Uh, but the price for uh, Gensel is going to be sky high, you know, and his extension is not going to be at low numbers. Yeah. You think that guy's taking a pay cut? Well, the Penguins might make the playoffs, too. They might want him. Yeah, they might want him. And but the other one is the guy's got 36 goals three times in the last five years. I mean, he has he has performed nicely on that 30 million dollar deal. But if he's available, it's a big capital letters. If you know Vancouver's going to call, but they also got Pedersen and Aronik to do. You know, those guys both got their hand out with huge raises. You know, looking at that, they've got nine UFAs. You know, Zadorov. You know that guy is is looking for term. Mm-hmm. You know, there's other guys. So I I kind of look at uh, Jason. You can go and look on the market all you want, but are you going to have money to sign everybody? Are, I mean, what does this team look like next year? I mean, yeah. what does this team look on, like on July first? Well, you know, there's a lot of factors at play. 
Well, it, it's something we brought up with all the free agents, yeah. whether they're restricted yeah. or unrestricted, that are due raises. You're not going to be able to keep everyone. Um, do you think this organization sees this season as maybe their best chance to go on a deep playoff run of the next two or three years? Oh, for sure. Uh, remember I told you guys uh, Rutherford a few weeks ago, I told you Rutherford's been energized uh, with this uh, this start. And, you know, the good thing for the Canucks right now is that Vegas and L.A. are kind of in the dumps. Uh, Vegas is 1-6 in their past seven, and, and the Kings haven't 1-4. So even, you know, that's kind of helping them right now. But everyone in the organization is, is kind of energized with this start. They're doing really well. But here's the thing. If you go shopping at the trade deadline and you want to go get decent players, you know the ask is always high. And, you know, we're talking about Willander, Elias Pedersen, the defenseman. We're talking about LaCara Mackey. They got that kid, Buscavich. He's got, uh, what has he got, 60 points. He got two more last night. He leads the OHL in scoring as a defenseman. I, uh, so do you want, Jason, to just start, you know, go for the cup and, and, and you're finally rebuilding your talent pool in, in, in the prospects, finally? You got to be real sure that you think you've got a legit cup contender. Well, that's it. And you finally, after the previous regime traded, you know, so many first and second round picks, you finally got LaCara Mackey, Willander, and, you know, some young kids coming that you're excited about. I, you know, and they don't really want to move that first round pick. And, but then you go and look at, you know, and I said this to you guys a few weeks ago, look what Rutherford did in Carolina, you know, before they won the cup. You know, he made some big trades, uh, turned it around, got you know, got him in the playoffs. He, you know, he got some of those deals done early. I, I, I don't have any issues with them going and making big uh, play at the trade deadline. But if you're going to be coughing up some of those young kids and and some first round picks, your prospects pools is going to go right back down again. Um, what do you think the timing is on Um He's having a great World Juniors, as expected. This is his third World Juniors, yeah, and exactly. this is and this is what we should have expected. That he is yeah. one of the best players at this tournament, and he he certainly is. Um, depending on how the gold medal game he goes, he might finish with the most goals in the tournament. Um, what are your thoughts on Lakaramaki and what his immediate and maybe future from two years from now could be with the Canucks? Well, first, let me tell you, I was texting with some scouts in Sweden and really, really impressed with Lakaramaki. And um, we just talked about Kuzmenko going from 39 goals to healthy scratch. Lakaramaki's the opposite. This time last year, he was having a horrible season. Last year at the World Juniors, his Swedish coach called him out in the press and said he wasn't impressed. But he had injuries galore, and he was underperforming. So you fast forward to yesterday, two goals in the semifinals. He's tied for the tournament leading goals, leads in power play goals and shots on net. And I'm going to tell you something. I don't care about who scores in round-robin games. You want your high draft picks to produce in the quarterfinals, the semifinals, in the gold medal game. And he's done that. We'll see if he performs in the gold medal game today. Be a difference maker in the important games. The Canucks, along with his agents, have agreed that he'll play in Abbotsford next year. He's coming to North America, which is the right move because he's playing in the top league in Sweden this year and producing. Um, You know, he's turned his... Like I said, Kuzmenko last year on top of the world, he's at the bottom now. Lakaramaki's the opposite. He had a horrible year, and now this year, he's put it all together. This guy, when you talk to people, um, if he continues his arc... 
in his development, this is going to be turn out to be a good pick for the Canucks. Um, the Nylander contract in Toronto, oh. there's a lot of buzz out there that the deal could be announced, I don't know, today, tomorrow, sometime this weekend, sometime in the next few days. Um, I, I I heard Freach talk about this, and Freach doesn't yep. think that the Nylander contract is really all that related to the Pedersen contract. That Pe- he doesn't think that Pedersen is waiting to see what Nylander gets, or you know, if he decides to leave Toronto or whatever. Um, do you think the Nylander contract has anything, any relationship whatsoever to the Pedersen contract? I do, I do, oh, I do, do because okay. yeah, I, I do, and I'll tell you why. First of all, Nylander's close to signing for eight years and around 11.2. Patterson has got a better points-per-game stat. He's two years younger. Two things get you paid in the NHL, goals and points per game. All these big contracts are relevant comps, and they all affect all negotiations. The Canucks should use Nylander as a comp. They, I, I heard they use Pasternak as a comp in the summer. Um, my gut, though, tells me Patterson's number will be higher than Nylander. But what about term? Terms just as important. If the Canucks would have locked up Pedersen long-term two years ago, like the agents told them to do, and they didn't do it because they didn't have the cap space, they wouldn't be trying to re-sign him this year anyways. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be a factor if they did to him what they did to Quinn Hughes and signed long-term. This isn't happening as quick as some want, but Pedersen's a pretty patient guy. He doesn't rush into decisions, and this is a big one for him in his life. And I know everybody wants it done yesterday, but, uh, you know, go, go in the uh, Bruce Boudreaux article in the Vancouver province talking about uh, Pedersen. He, he made a comment that was very interesting. He said that Bruce said that, you know, Pedersen's a very stubborn kid. He'll hold out till he gets what he wants. You know, I've, I've heard that as well, you know. So it, it's going to be patience. I don't think they're in a rush to get this done. I, I think the Canucks would like to get it done. I think the Canucks would like to get Patterson done yesterday. But I, I think there's patience. And somebody in the media said that the Patterson camp is stalling. I disagree. They're not stalling. Uh, I, I think it's more a case of being patient. Um, you know, so I, I, I think this is, I don't think this is going to be announced today or tomorrow. There's, there's patience being shown uh, on the one side for sure. Have you had any indication, any inkling of what, Pedersen is thinking. I mean, the Canucks are off to a dream start. Yeah. Um, if you know, he said in the past he wants to play for a winner. Um, is it still just been radio silence out of the PD camp? Yeah, it has very close to the vest, and and you know, I think the Canucks have done a good job of 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 keeping the Pedersen talks quiet as well. It's it's very tough to get information uh, about that contract, and that, that's the way it should be, right? Most contracts of that ilk, you you don't want being played out in the media. But the best the best information I have is that, which is the good information, is that I think all sides want to get it done. I, You know, Jason, usually in a negotiation, it doesn't matter if you're buying a house or a car. Uh, it doesn't matter any negotiation in the world. Sometimes at some point, People get mad and they show emotion. I, I haven't. I haven't got that. I, I've all I've got is that you know both sides want to get it done. Probably West take a little bit longer than most people want because the longer it goes, you know, the more okay. What's going on? Is he gone? Okay, does he not want to sign in Vancouver? Right. Yeah. That, so, but 
I, I, I can't tell you. I don't have any inkling of any negativity. It's just uh, it's a very big contract. Uh, look at Nylander. He didn't do it on July 2nd last year. Yeah, and he's you a know. pending UFA. Yeah, now he's a pending way, UFA. Yeah. So, and, and Pedersen's club controlled for another year and a half. Mm-hmm. And so, but I, I think there's, you're, you're going to have to be patient when you're talking about Pedersen. And he's just a very, he does not, I was told, he just does not rush into decisions. And um, look at how J.P. Barry handled Pasternak, right? You know, mm-hmm. patience. Patience. He, he Pasternak didn't sign, uh, you know, July second. Just like Nylander, they, they, these agents like to see how their players do. They, you always bet on the player when they're that good. You know, you bet on Pasternak to keep scoring. You bet on Nylander to keep getting points. And I'm sure J.P. Barry and Pat Brisson are betting on Pedersen to keep collecting points. And his points per game is is pretty darn good since he started his NHL career. So sometimes you bet on the player and it pays off. Rick, real quick, I know you got to go, but do you think the Canucks need to get Pedersen done first before they look at yep. their other, including Horonic? Yeah, yeah, Horonic's. I, I don't see how Horonic can get done without Pedersen. I, I've been told that. Yeah, it. I, I and there's a lot of time to get Horonic done. You know, because I think yeah. there's arb rights there. There's no rush there, but I think everybody would agree that in a perfect world, you would want to get Patterson done before Heronic. And then, uh, Jason, there's a long list uh, of, you know, they haven't started talks with Zadorov. Like, there's been zero talks. I think those talks will maybe kick off around the All-Star break. Mm-hmm. But those two aren't the only two. Like, I mean, well, I'm thinking Fuser. about Dakota Joshua these days. He's well, going to get a big raise. I don't even well, think they'll be able to afford him. Well, and Teddy Bluger and Ian Cole can sign now, January 1st. Mm -hmm. And you you don't think that Teddy Bluger is a Rick Tockett type player? You know, Tockett, the one thing I will say is is Tockett will have a big say on who, who you know, Bluger is a Tockett type guy. You know, and and Joshua has flourished under uh, Tockett as well. So two players on that third line, which has carried the Canucks in the last nine, ten games, are UFAs. But I, I, I see no reason why uh, Bluger or Joshua would not want to resign in Vancouver. Um, but those are, you're right, right up there with Zadorov. I think those two are uh, two guys you want to get into new deals right uh, pretty soon. Dolly, have a great weekend, buddy. All right, buddy. Take care. All right, see ya. Rick Dollywall. Action-packed hit from Dolly. Check TV. Donnie really no Dolly. shouting, though. I know. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it was, it was great. Like, it was just, nice. It was relaxing. It was great. Win yeah. hit. Um, Rick Dollywell on the Halford and Brough Show on Sportsnet 650. Uh, we're just about at the end of the show. We're just about in the final segment. Final segment of the final show of the week. You know what that means. We're doing What We Learns and Ask Us Anything Humanoid Edition. And the uh, the dangling carrot pizza, if you will. Dangling pizza out there is a $100 gift card to AJ's. Brooklyn-style pizza on East Broadway. Check them out with your $100 gift card. How do you get the gift card, you might ask? Uh, all you got to do is send in and ask us anything and make it good. Put a pizza emoji into your text. Text to the Dunbar Lumber text line 650-650. I've got a what we learned that you might be interested in. Oh, I know. It's FA Cup weekend, bro. Yeah, it's I'm FA Cup super weekend. Excited. Third round FA Cup, guys. So Anyone? Um, Anyone? Yeah. You guys excited well, to watch Stevenage? No, there is a big... What's the fuck up? There, there is a big, big derby, as they call them. We call them derbies. They call them derbies. But they over spell there. it derby. Yeah, but it's pronounced derby. And it is between Sunderland, 
which uh, is in the championship. Which is the first division. Which is the second division. First division. Uh, yeah, right. Of the second division. Yes. And Not Newcastle, which is in the premiership. And Sunderland and Newcastle, the same area. Um, up in nor- northeast nor- England. Northeast of yeah. England. The northeast yeah. of England. It's basically as close as you can get to Scotland in terms of big cities yes. before you get to Scotland. Uh, now, Sunderland has been in the premiership before, but they have fallen on hard times. Uh, they're all the way down to the third division. And they've now got this FA Cup tie against Newcastle, their big rival who they haven't played since 2016. Huge, and, huge deal. And if you look on the secondary market, tickets are going for like a thousand bucks a tickets. It is a big deal. Now, Sunderland has already embarrassed themselves because for some reason, they decided to rebrand one of the bars, like one of the pubs they have within the Stadium of Light, mm-hmm. completely with Newcastle slogans. Now, should be noted that this pub is normally reserved for the visitors, for the visiting fans to go to, mm-hmm. but they don't always like redesign the things, roll out the red card, and they have slogans like they have anti Sunderland slogans within this pub, yeah, within the Stadium of Light. So, can you imagine if there was in Rogers Arena, let's say there was they had a bar, which might actually might not be a bad idea to have yeah. for visitors to go to, right? Sure. But within that, they rebranded it like Go Flames Go. Oh yeah. Or the Leafs things Lounge. Like that, yeah. The Leafs Lounge. Yeah. Like and that's what Sunderland has done or had done because there was such a furor that they tore it all down and they and they and they apologized. But like so if you're if you're gonna follow one big soccer game this weekend, it would be Sunderland and Newcastle. And that is the one thing that the FA Cup and these domestic leagues have that maybe a Champions League doesn't. They have these local derbies that are just so passionate. It's awesome. Like, I, I I, think the NHL is, you know, I've said it a few times that we're missing these rivalries that we used to have. You know, the Battle of Alberta is, isn't what it used to be. And some of the, you know, Boston-Montreal isn't what it used to be. Um, and maybe that's because the game has changed. Maybe that's because there isn't as much fighting or violence in the game. But these these rivalries... These these rivalries that you know you may not have heard of. I don't know how many of our listeners have heard about like the Tyneside Derby, but it's going to mm-hmm. be a big one. And hopefully Sunderland, actually hopefully Sunderland can't recover from the big mistake that it made. Give us a moo cow. And if you don't want to watch that, you can watch Watford and Chesterfield. <laughs> a couch is playing in this league. Wow. There's a uh, there's a sixth division team still alive. Yeah. Maidstone United yes. will play Stevenage. <laughs> these are all these are all made up, right? All, no, they're all <laughs> real things. Yep. They're all real things that are happening this weekend. FA Cup weekend, as I like to call it. That's all that matters this weekend is the FA Cup. Okay, uh, final segment of the show coming up. Get your Ask Us Anything's in. Win a $100 gift card to AJ's. Ask Us Anything. AUA and a pizza emoji. I actually have a question about the FA Cup. Okay. Why is the draw so random that we can have a sixth division team playing a third division team, but also Arsenal and Liverpool get drawn together. It's the beauty of the FA Cup. Is it just a completely random draw? No, there are certain stages where the Premier League and the higher league teams get involved, but there is a random. But once it gets to third round proper, there which is, a, it is, there is now, a random. It's just like, so they just throw 
everything into a bucket and pull them out. That's why it's such an amazing competition and because it's never changed throughout the history of FA Cup football. It has never changed. Oh, there's been some slight amendments. Anyway, we got to go to break. When we come back, uh, ask us anything, what we learned, and a $100 gift card to AJ's up for grabs. You're listening to the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Big opinions and good bets. It's the People Show with Big Nazar. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Kelowna, California. West Coast. Coast. <laughs> yeah. Kelowna, baby. Best place in the world right here. Kelowna, California. Kelowna, California. Kelowna, California. Hey, it's 31 on a Friday. Happy Friday, everybody. Halford Ruff, Sportsnet 650. Alfred and Bruff in the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura Dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. We are in Hour 3 of the program. Hour 3 is brought to you by Campbell and Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell and Pound? Visit them on the internet at campbell-pound.com today. Kelowna Fournier really threw Brooke. You guys say Brooke Ward. Right. He did not know what to do with Kelowna Fournier. Um, I'm not going to. It's actually hard to do the reads over top of uh, songs with lyrics where people are also speaking. Mm-hmm. It can get a little jumbled. Mm-hmm. Um, I have heard from a number of people now that uh, Brooke and Josh kind of struggled with the quirks. <laughs> That really are, are the backbone of the Halford and Bruff show. That's on the producers for not preparing them. I don't think you can prepare anybody for this. Mm-hmm. I don't. Think- I went out of my way not to prepare anyone. <laughs> I just wanted to see what would happen. <laughs> he just wants to watch the world burn. Um, uh, you guys have a like some sort of co dog, co joined dog. What we learned that it's you an a dog and laddie joint. Okay. Uh. <laughs> so before we get to the humanoids and print out, and then we're gonna we're gonna announce the winner at the very end of the show. The $100 gift card to AJ, so stay tuned for that. You guys have a, a co-what-we-learned dog version. Yeah. Go. So there's been a bit of a trend going around on social media. I don't know if anyone else has seen it, but uh, the AI voice trend where people... If, if there's a character out there that has a long uh, history of having their voice out. Sure. 20 a lot season of audio, show, a lot, a lot of audio. audio content. They can train these AI models to you know, remake their voice in a pretty convincing fashion. So... There's been a trend, Adog. I don't know if you want to explain the rest of the trend. Yeah, well, it's Homer Simpson. And uh, <laughs> I will admit I'm not a fan of AI, but I will also admit there was this rendition the other day of Homer Simpson doing Iris by Goo Goo Dolls, which just so happens to be one of my favorite songs okay. ever. And I actually thought it was kind of good. Like, I was surprised. As a former semi-professional singer myself, I know it may not sound like it sometimes with all the jingles that I sing, mm-hmm. but I did, I did kind of used to do it for a living at one point, and I, I was listening to this thing over and over and over it again. It's loud. And it's kind of good. So, yeah, and, and Laddie's got one that he likes as well, so we're going to play that, okay. and then Hold we'll on. follow it up with one done by one of our listeners, and that's just So we, we're going to get to hear Homer doing Goo Goo Dolls? Yes. Just a snippet. Oh, yeah. And, okay. one, and uh, another track as well, so this and Laddie, this take is, it away. This is, hold on, this is, uh, this is Goo Goo Dolls' Iris, a pretty popular song. We're only going to play enough of, of it that time. we, because we're not allowed to play licensed music on the show or else it gets flagged and taken off the podcast, so we'll play a very short snippet so that doesn't happen. Okay. That's actually pretty so that's good. Pretty good. Yeah, no, no, you can play, you can play the second part. Play the second no, part. No, I can't. Yeah, you can. It's too oh much. No, it's under 10 seconds. Less, less than, less than I don't 10, have it. Less than 10 seconds. I don't have it's it. It's okay. Oh, okay. Now go. What's next? The next, my personal favorite. 
was, and actually, I, I heard Fred Fred Durst reposted this. It's a Limp Biscuit song, oh My, my Way. You know, we're at least going to get some laughs as we descend into this cauldron of disinformation. This is pretty Absolutely. good. Absolutely. <laughs> So we had one more. There was Bad one more. society. Good for it was humor. It Justin and East Van Justin that put us together. So he, he okay. went out of his way to create his own Homer AI voice song. Okay. It's what we learn time. 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 We're using this now. It's what we learn time. Ready for it? On the show. <laughs> so I heard... That is incredible. I heard that, Justin right? and East Van's version, because it's been floating on Twitter for the last couple of days, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, that sounds more like Homer than any of them. Yeah. it's it's. I, I was like, wow. It's like he got... Yeah, the, the, the technology is getting to the point. It's getting a little scary. Like, I was listening to that Goo Goo Dolls song, and if he would have not told me it's Homer and it was just some guy performing, I'd be like, oh, that's, that's a nice cover of Iris. And then it also happens to be a Homer Simpson AI voice, which is just, you know, slightly, I just, cannot just terrifying. Wait. I just cannot wait until this uh, technology influences the upcoming presidential election <laughs> in November. Like, that's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. Is, this, is there a room potential for danger here? I don't know. <laughs> By Guys, the way, could something go sideways with all this? It's not like our jobs. War be started. It's not like from our jobs that there's a large uh, amount of our voices out there yeah, for people to exactly. train eyes on. Um, also, we hung out with Justin from East Fan. We went to a Canucks game with him over That's the right. holidays. Yeah, super good dude. That was a lot of fun. That was a fun night. Very, very nice guy, and yep. uh, enjoyed meeting his wife as well. Yep. Um, we, you never finished up on the Joe Flacco debate. Yeah, I know. Because uh, well, we got no feedback on it, but. Someone texted in that he shouldn't. Okay, the, the the crux of the argument we had this bar, classic bar debate where like two guys they were like absolutely and two guys were like no way. The question was if Joe Flacco and this Cinderella story, the old man gets off the couch and somehow takes the Cleveland Browns and wins a Super Bowl, mm-hmm. is he going to go to the? Is he guaranteed to go to the Hall of Fame? Does that solidify his Hall of Fame entrance? So someone texted in and pointed out that well no because Jim Plunkett isn't in the Hall of Fame. Jim Plunkett is the only uh, quarterback eligible for the Hall of Fame who won two Super Bowls as a starter and didn't get in. Eli isn't in. Because he's not eligible yet. Oh, he's not eligible. He's not eligible until 2025. And it's interesting because... It's a pretty high bar for quarterbacks to make it to the Hall of Fame, isn't it? Um, it is hundred yeah. percent. It's it's tough to get in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, as you, you know, rightfully so. They don't just like hand it out. To I think you'd have to be in there with that story. But the president's there for him not to be. Now. But when he, well, not really, because the big kicker would be coming out of retirement and winning the, the Super way Bowl, that he's right? done the it. The way, yeah. that, and anyway, Hi, the hypothetical way that he would have done it. Yeah. Uh, let's. Uh, have we printed out any submissions? No, we got to okay, do that right now. We didn't mook out our thing either. Okay, we, we got to mook out at all. Oh yeah. my god, there's so many things happening. Out of the way, cow. Ruff is getting upset. Uh, what we learned, Humanoid Edition, brought to you by Get Fire Plan. Protect what matters most with comprehensive fire safety plans, monthly audits, and risk mitigation at $200 off. Visit them on the internet at getfireplan.com. Oh, my God! We're having a fire plan! I will say the first moo into the print, into the fire plan for Brooke. 
It was just like it was just chaos. It was awesome. How did you not record some of that and let it let it us was let so us hear wonderful. It? Oh, what's going on here? What the hell is this? There's show? a lot of like administrative nonsense with our show. Yes, that's a good way to describe it. It's yeah. administrative it's, nonsense. Yeah, this nonsense we is highly have, important. Yeah, we have to do the moo cow. Yeah. <laughs> Brooke, uh, you skip the cow. <laughs> DK and Squamish says of what we learned, what we learned. DK Canucks. Metcalf. Canucks need not one, but two top six forwards. All the talk is about the second winger on Pedersen's line, but not many people are talking about McKayev's lack of production. He gets lots of good chances, but struggles to finish. Yeah, we kind of mentioned that. Do you think they? Do you think Rick Tockett might ever get to the point where he considers just switching those pairs so you have Pedersen with Besser and you have Miller with McKayev? Shouldn't sure. that work? Yeah, I didn't even think about that. I just if thought Miller's going to be the shutdown guy. I thought about throwing the lotto line together as the the move, but no, man, that that actually is, couldn't you just try that? Why not? I wonder if he would. Uh, actually, you know what? You bring up a good point because in terms of a shutdown pairing, mm-hmm. McKayev and Miller. I mean, that's what right? It, 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 that that could fit. I'm I'm into it. Okay, unsigned one here. So it must be from Gary. Ask us anything. Do you think maybe drafting a 27-year-old NHL rookie with a healthy bank account and five or six years of practicing bad habits in a lesser league is harder to force play like the coach wants than a hungry 21-year-old who wants a payday and who is more eager to please the coach and prepared to learn new ways to play the game? Are you talking about Andre Kuzmenko? Yeah. Okay, Are so you? just for the record, they didn't draft him. They signed him, but that doesn't really matter, right? Um, I, look, when we eventually relitigate this past uh, twenty Kuzmenko's twenty twenty three specifically, where he finished the season strong, had thirty nine goals, signed an eleven million dollar extension, went to Bali or Bali as Rick Dollywall. Yeah, it sounds like he went to a casino. <laughs> um, there is at a certain point, and I'm not ready to go there yet. But at a certain point, we're going to have to do the relitigation of the uh, executive. Like, what was Al, what were Alvin the decision and Rutherford? To sign them? Yeah, yeah, like and the conversation that they they had with Rutherford. Yeah, because there's there's, there's an obvious gap in the logic here somewhere. Now, where's the alignment? I mean, you you have all this faith, and they've talked up talk it so much about mm-hmm. being the leader and the guy that's setting the standard. Well, talk it might have gone to bat for Kuzmenko because talk it has has said repeatedly, like I really like the kid. I really like Kuzmenko. I just wonder how he far the wants to do better. I yeah, just wonder I'll be how curious far too. The, by the way, uh, not that anyone really cares about the bronze medal game at the Worlds, but the Czechs were down five two to the Finns, oh, wow. and the Czechs are now up seven five. I looked away for like two the, seconds. Yeah, Man. they're going ballistic. Czechia is just this going is so nuts. embarrassing for Finland because they're they're the bronze medal specialist. That's their gold medal game. Bravo got pulled in like the first period. That's wow. crazy that they came back. What is the? Do you think uh, the Swedish crowd likes this? Yeah, they're loving every minute of this. Is the Finnish goalie's name who is now out for an extra attacker and has scored an empty netter? Is it Coco? Coco. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Christian in New West, ask us anything, Jason. Which stadium or arena that you've been to is your favorite, and which is on your bucket list? Oh, that's a tough one. Favorite arena or stadium. The best. Um, okay, okay. I, I so, so the one, most, but. the most. I'll, I've got two for most scenic, or the ones that I like. I enjoy just. Uh, and the other is Husky Stadium in Seattle on a beautiful day in September, October. It is incredible to go to Husky Stadium. 
Um, but in terms of atmosphere, we had a really good time actually with Down Goes Brown as well at Wrigley. Yeah. Wrigley was a lot of fun. The most memorable stadium experience I've ever had in my life was at the Winter Classic at the Big House. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. That one. was yeah, that was incredible. that's not like that was a cool yeah. moment. I don't think I really appreciated it at the time, partly because we were working. Mm-hmm. But that was like I was part of one of the biggest um, hockey, crowds to watch a hockey game in the history of the world. Yeah, so that's kind of cool. And it was the snow globe effect, and it was it was awesome from that perspective. And bucket list in terms of hockey, I want to go to the Spengler Cup. Yeah, that arena in Davos looks amazing. Yeah. It's got like um, a wood roof. And then there are a bunch of soccer stadiums that I'd love to go to on my bucket list. I I actually prefer the kind of look of the old Wembley. Like, I think the new Wembley looks too yeah, new too and nice. boring. Like, you know, like there was something like scuzzy about the old Wembley. Every <laughs> every stadium should look, like, like, should look like Kenilworth Road in Luton, where there's yeah. like an empty shipping container right next to it where they store stuff. Yeah, that, that rink in Davos, though. I've spoken to a few guys that have played at the Spangler, and they say there's they've played hockey their whole lives. They've never experienced just an environment like that. That's it's, a bucket list trip yeah. for me. It'd be expensive though, going to Davos in Christmas time. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, we got one unsigned. It says woo, but I think it, the woo is in celebration because of what this guy's going on a date. Anyway, this is the ask us anything. So Gary or woo. Ask us anything. What's your go-to pizza at AJ's? Wife asked for a pizza and beer date, and I'm going tonight. Woo! Again, unless your name is Woo. Woo. Uh, we all went over the holidays, right? It, A-Dog and I went on the same day, not together. Mm-hmm. I went for more of a lunch thing. He went for more of a dinner thing, and you went as well. So there's three things that you got to try. One is the Detroit. How do you pronounce it, Andy? The Detroit what? The Ronnie Detroit. Ronnie Detroit. It's like a guy from Detroit named Ronnie. Yeah. Pepperoni Detroit style pizza is awesome. Get the bar pie with the sauce topping. It's like a bar pie reversed. That's really good. The best, my favorite is the white Vesuvio. You cannot go wrong. Get it spicy or otherwise. It is a tremendous pizza. Uh, Dal with a what we learned or ask us anything. Sorry. Ask us anything. Do you think 11 and a half is enough to sign Petey? If he is asking for 12 plus... Do we cave into his demands? The fan base that texts in is torn about this. It all depends on term. Like, you can't just throw out a number. You have to know uh, the term. Uh, I think it's going to be in kind of like an a reverse of the typical. It might be a higher cap hit if it's long term because most of those years are going to be prime years. Might be slightly lower for its shorter term, I think. Um, I don't tend to get too hung up on the exact numbers. I know a lot of people like to be like, you know, is it 11 and a half or 12? I'm like, for me, it's just whether or not you make, for when it comes to the, like these elite players, I'm not going to worry too much about half a million dollars per season. Um, the big question for me isn't so much the number, because I think at the end of the day, the most important thing in a negotiation is whether the player actually wants to play for the team. Right. Right, that's ultimately what gets it done. You can talk yourself into numbers if you want to be on the team. You're gonna do a deal that the team is willing to do, and if you don't want to be on the team, sometimes you ask for the moon, and then you just make it out like, "Well, we couldn't come together on agreement." Well, if you couldn't come together and on agreement, you probably didn't really want to play for the team that much anyway. Because the Canucks are willing, the Canucks, the Canucks aren't going to be like, yeah, we're tightening the budget around here, right? Like right. all the reports out there is that the Canucks are willing to be very reasonable on this contract. Let's just put it that way. Uh, we've got a winner 
for the $100 gift card to AJ's, AJ's Pizzeria on East Broadway. We're giving away a $100 gift card. Uh, you've given it away to Matt, not on the island. So there's a bit of mystery and intrigue. Where is he? He's not on the island. I don't know where he is. Matt wants to ask us anything. What is the largest mess you have ever made while cooking? Have you ever dropped a pot of chili a la Kevin in the office? <laughs> All I The Kevin in the office meme. For us, it invokes memories of, remember when Moj brought in the jambalaya to the 1040 yes. potluck? Yes. And then... Then got a parking ticket. And they probably got a parking ticket. Because <laughs> he had a huge vat of jambalaya. And to avoid a Kevin in the office situation, he parked illegally so that he could run it up real quick. And, and then- someone made a crack about, you should have parked in the jambalaya parking. <laughs> <laughs> that was 12 years ago. We yeah, still- <laughs> yeah, you didn't go to the jambalaya district? <laughs> Hilarious setup for you. So, congrats to Matt, not on the island. You have won the Ask Us Anything. Enjoy your $100 gift card to AJ's. I suggest going this weekend, even. What's your answer to his question? Um, every time I cook, do you make a big mess? I, I don't uh, cook much, so I don't make messes. I, I was like, I, I, like oh, I got to clean up this peanut butter and jam. Yeah. I, um, sesame seeds everywhere, <laughs> all over the counter. So, I got a uni. Um, pizza oven one of the mini propane yeah, yeah yeah the domed it's basically so you can make pizza like the restaurant mm-hmm. at home because it gets up to a crazy degree and you can put the pizza in on the sure you spin it around and it'd be a real does that oven. ever work out the way you want it well friend <laughs> not really yeah i have i've burnt <laughs> more pizzas than i care to um Admit. Also, there's a reason why, like a place like AJ's, they do does it, so yeah, well is because yeah. they know what they're doing. I was really excited when I got it. Also, uh, I did not realize how messy the procedure is. I call it a procedure because it's almost like surgery and the amount of mess it's left behind. Like there's sauce everywhere, there's flour everywhere, uh, burnt bits stuck, flour and not enough flour so the dough doesn't rotate. My God, like I've ruined more totally good dough and pizza than I, again, care to admit. My story is also a pizza story. Ooh. It's a frozen pizza. I set it on fire. Did you? I did. Recently? Uh, Five or six years ago. Oh, okay. Because yeah. that, that can fall into the closet, like tired dad. No, right? no, this or, was just me being an idiot. When uh, I was, uh, <laughs> when I lived in my old apartment, uh, the fire department had to come, not to my space, but some lady had put... Uh, frozen pizza in with the cardboard oh, underneath it ooh, still. That's a tough one. I've done that. Been there. Been there. <laughs> no, I've done it too. Yep. I wasn't fully sober. I was in my early 20s. And uh, I don't know why I just forgot yeah. to check. And every single time, right. it, the rest of my life from yeah. then onwards, I would like triple check <laughs> mm-hmm. and make sure there How was much no- smoke did you create? Like you know what? Lot? It didn't make a lot of smoke, but I mm. realized after I started cutting into the pizza to make the slices, <laughs> man, this is hard to we cut. We all had to be evacuated out of the building oh, because this lady I mean, I've set definitely, her oven on fire, essentially. But I lived in Kamloops, so I was evacuated three or four times from my building because somebody made a mistake cooking. And yeah, there were a lot of older folks in the building, and it was usually something like that. They'd put <laughs> on the stove and just go to my, sleep or when I did forget it, about it. Mine slipped right off the pizza pan and landed on the coils. Right, And right. The, the, yeah, yeah. The, the fire actually went like, Three or four feet, and my first instinct was to pull out my phone. I'm like, I got a picture of this because it was yeah. like a four foot high. My second instinct, and then I was, was like, to oh, run. Maybe I get this pizza off the coils. Never then, cross my mind to fight the fire. No, yeah, uh, no. Ask fire us- safety with Laddie. <laughs> got to get a good picture first. <laughs> Look at this fire. <laughs> ask us anything from Chris in Richmond. I don't have the discipline. Chris writes to do a food or diet related New Year's resolution. Plus, that'll only prevent me from having AJ. So, okay. 
What would be your 2024 New Year's sports resolution? Wow, good one. For example, Chris said, I will not overreact after every Canucks game or maybe take my kid to a Lions or Whitecaps game. Um, he gives examples. Maybe you could become a fan of a new sport like Hammer Throw or a league like the PWHL. Try a new sport. Or maybe Mount Bruff remains dormant during games, etc. New Year's sports fan resolutions. Oh, wow. That is a really good question. I would, I would say um, not tweet at all during sporting events. Mm, that not, would be I'm mine. not willing to do that. I think you should. <laughs> I think my tweets during games are good. You don't tweet mm, at all anyway. I don't, you don't I'm tweet try, at all anyway. I, and then every time I do... And you get and all it, sensitive because like one person replies with something angry. I would, I'm just a perfectionist. I want to please everybody. And yeah. when I don't. Yeah. <laughs> no, I I already I already made the my news resolution a few years ago was to stop arguing so much on Twitter and I yeah. did it for the most part. Sometimes I relapse. Um, but it's made a world of difference. Like I just don't I just if I just you, won't I argue. Like, I feel like every time I tweet something, and then people are like, game, "Why don't you ever talk to the fans?" I'm like, "You seem like a bit of a dick." Yeah, that's why. I just, yeah, here's a reason. Um, I yeah, I feel like every time that I go like actively try to engage mm-hmm. on Twitter during a game, it just it, it never goes well. Yeah, either whatever I'm trying to say gets misinterpreted, <laughs> or like the jokes don't land, which is par- partially my fault. But I also yep. feel like when you write it out. It, you leave it up for interpretation. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like that bit with Key and Peel with the text messages. But I, you know, I, I never. And then in the aftermath, when you go back and look at it, it, it it's a moment in time. It's not meant to be a timeless thing or to be relitigated or rehashed. You were reacting as if you were in the stands with your buddy watching a game or at the bar. Right? Do you know what a legitimate my legitimate New Year's resolution is? What? To stop being so hard on myself when I play sports because I need to realize I am almost 50 years old and I suck. Yeah, that's that's a good one. I would say just stop. Like I need to stop caring about winning and losing because I'm having no outcome, mostly in the losing. Mm-hmm. Um, but me, so, yeah. me, me being on the golf course, like if I hit like a bad shot, I'm like, what are you doing? Like you're the worst person ever to live. Right. You're and, swearing and, at yourself. And people around you are like – Damn. You sh- at, at this point, because you're almost 50, you sh- at the moment that the final whistle, final horn, final buzzer goes, you should mm-hmm. be able to disconnect entirely. You should see what a golf round is like with me. Murph is bad with self-talk, and so is Ferraro. Really? Oh, yeah. Like they're, Well, Ferraro, because he's, like, he's, he's a surprised former professional Murph. athlete. Yeah, Murph yeah. is hard on himself. Right. Yeah. So we're all like three guys just like beating ourselves up out there. And we're like, Could you please do that, and could I please come and film it and then release it to the public? You guys are all mean it's to each other. No, a, we're talking to ourselves. Yeah, we're talking to ourselves. Like some of the things. I know, but that's funny. And I'm sure a lot of people listening right now are the same way, whether it's on the golf course or where they're playing beer league hockey. Like some of the things you say to yourself are just horrible. Like yeah. I, I'm basically like, like I'll hit a ball and be like, you loser. Like right, right. Out, like, and you would never say those things to your friends unless you were yeah. joking. Right? I need to mic myself up after some goals go in. I think just to hear. That would be incredible. <laughs> oh, right? man. Some of the stuff I probably Did, said. Did Czechia really score four goals in 50 seconds? Two yes. empty netters. Yes. Wow. I know. That is That's insane. Wild. I wasn't even watching. I've been so busy. It's uh, insane. A, a reminder that uh, Canuck team, Team Sweden, Go Sweden, is mm-hmm. taking on the Americans at 1030. So let's hope that Jonathan Lekarmacki has uh, some more heroics up his sleeve as the Swedes. That's going to be a really entertaining. 
thousand home Sweden crowd. Yeah, beat Take, those Americans. Yeah, beat the Americans. Let's go. So we got to get out of here. Remember, be kind to yourself when you play sports. And that. And uh, go Seahawks. Why not? I guess. Uh, signing off for another week. The first week of 2024, though. Signing off. I have been Mike Alford. He's been Jason Bruff. He's been A-Dog. And he's been Laddie. This has been the Alfred and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650.